Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Good morning, Legacy family. I want to say happy Palm Sunday to you. It is so good to see you today in church online. I don't know if you're missing me or not, but I got to tell you, I am missing you. I am missing seeing you guys in person uh, on Sundays in the church. I'm missing hugging you guys and loving on your babies. It's so good to see you. If you are in the room with somebody right now, if you don't mind, just let me borrow your embrace. Just hug each other. At least, you know, do a little uh, fist bump or high five or something, okay? We are connected in community as the body of Christ despite not being able to assemble at church together on Sunday morning at 900 Gallatin. We will thrive through this as the body of Christ. That's our declaration. So welcome back, church family. We are going to be diving in again to Psalm chapter 91. We're going to continue this sermon series slash Bible study on Psalm 91. And before uh, we dive in today, I want to let you know that next week, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. We are going to celebrate the resurrection, the life. Uh, Jesus is alive. Can somebody say amen? We're going to celebrate that together uh, in church online, and we're going to do that next Sunday. I didn't want to finish... Psalm 91's Bible study on Easter Sunday. I wanted to prepare a special message from the Lord for Easter Sunday. So what we're going to be doing is this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., this Wednesday, live stream, church online, YouTube and Facebook. Come get in the sanctuary, the digital sanctuary with us, and we're going to live stream the final installment of the final four verses of Scripture for Psalm chapter 91. So I just want to put that on your calendar. I know everybody's real busy right now, okay? But 6.30, Wednesday night, we're going to do the final four verses of this Bible study. So get your Bibles. If you have your physical Bible, go ahead and open it up. Psalm chapter 91. That's page 497 in my Bible. I don't know what Bible you have, but this is the ESV. And I'm going to read the whole passage, Psalm 91, and we're going to pray. Uh, We're also going to zero in on the four verses of Scripture that we're going to read today, which is going to be nine uh, verses, nine through 12 today. All right, so hope you guys are ready. Let's read. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We talked about this week one. The presence of God is not a place that you have to leave. You don't have to vacation in the presence of God. You don't have to just dip your toe in the water once a week on a Sunday morning. You can abide. You can dwell. You can live. You can take up residence in the presence of God. The presence of God is your natural habitat as a new creation. Remember that. Verse 2. I will say to the Lord, somebody talk to him today. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Do you trust him today, church? Let's remind him of that. We trust you, Lord. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly 
pestilence, the plague. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Remember last week, the four things that Psalm 91 tells us that we do not have to fear. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Now let me ask you, have you been taking back this week in prayer everything that the enemy has stolen or attempted to steal from you? He owes you with entrance, interest. Take recompense because it belongs to you. Verse 10, uh, excuse me, verse 9, which is where we're going today. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. Everybody say because. Because. So we are about to dive deeper into some of the benefits of making the presence of God in prayer your dwelling place. What are the results? What is the byproduct of choosing to remain in a place of prayer with God. That's what we're about to learn today a little bit more. So uh, it says, because of this, the Most High, who is our refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. We're, we're diving back into plagues this week. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in some of your ways. Are you reading the Bible? All of your ways. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. That sounds like a familiar verse of scripture, doesn't it? Verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot because, there's that word because again. He holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. Isn't that a beautiful promise? That God guarantees any time we are willing to lift our voices to ask Him for help, He guarantees a response. There's nowhere else you're going to get a response like that but God. When He calls to me, I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will rescue Him and honor Him. With long life, I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. There's never been a time like today, to just read verse 16 over yourself and shout, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, before we pray, don't sit down if you're standing up. If you're walking around the island in your kitchen, just reading the Bible. I love it. I like your energy. I want to read real quick, real quick. Let's zoom in. Let's look at verse 9 and read through verse 12. That's what we're going to study today. Verse 9. It says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague shall come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. So today, the title of the message of this Bible study, these four verses of scripture is this. Get ready. The word says, I am war ready. Come on, somebody say amen. You got to give me an amen right now, okay? The word says, 
I am war ready. Look at the person sitting next to you on the couch and say, the word, that's right, God's word says, I, that's right, you, I, I am war ready in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you today knowing that every single time we call out to you, you answer us. Every single time we mention the name Jesus, you show up faithfully. You're already here with us today. We're not inviting you to show up, Jesus. We're acknowledging that your presence is here with us. We are acknowledging that your presence, your power, your peace is filling living rooms all over this city, all over this nation, all over this world of people who are dialed in today with this family, Legacy Nashville. So, Lord, we just thank you for your blessing going forth. We thank you for your strength going forth. We thank you for your healing power going forth today. Anoint our minds. Anoint me as I share to dive deeper into your word, Psalm 91. So, guys, let's jump in here beginning with verse 9. And verse 9 starts by saying, because... Everybody say because again. It's important to notice these things. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. So what we're doing is we're being reminded of the results of anyone who is willing to choose to remain in a place of prayer despite the chaos going on around them. I know that might be a little challenging today, but the Bible is teaching us the guaranteed byproduct of you choosing to stay stable in a place of prayer and acknowledge the presence of God on your life. So that's what we're about to learn this morning. Anytime we choose to pay close attention to God and acknowledge His presence in our lives, here's what happens. His presence becomes our protection. Remember that. His presence is your protection. Anytime you feel that you are unguarded from an attack, anytime you feel that you are unprotected from an assignment of the enemy, right? All you need to do is find that place of the presence. All you need to do is choose to pray. You need to choose to acknowledge the presence of God coming over you and then instantaneously, immediately, that presence becomes your protection. That shield, that buckler, those pinions, those feathers, that shelter, that shadow. Are you guys getting the picture of what Psalm 91 is teaching us? Anytime we come underneath the presence of God in prayer, we are protected. Go ahead, remind your enemy of that right now. Say, I am protected. Sorry, devil, I choose to pray. And because I choose to pray, I am protected. So this portion of Psalm 91 is teaching us what are the benefits, what are the byproducts of a person who is protected, right? So let's dive into that deeper. As presence people, we are protected from everything, including plagues, right? And we already know what's happening in the world right now. We've got the stay-at-home order. We're dealing with COVID-19 crisis and everything, and we're believing for healing for the sick. But here's what God teaches us in Psalm 91. So hide yourself in this, that we are protected from plagues. You are a presence person. We are a presence people. We are a community that believes and values the presence of God. Therefore, we are a protected people. We will not be taken out by plagues. Verse 10 says this, No evil shall be allowed to befall you. Now, in the Psalms, we read a lot of words that we don't normally use today. Befall is one of them. I cannot, for the life of me, remember a moment of time where I used 
befall in a conversation. So I looked it up. I'm like, what in the world does befall mean biblically? I went into the original language, and befall actually means opportunity. All right, so everybody say opportunity. That's what it means. Befall means opportunity. So what do we know about opportunities and our enemy? We know that Satan looks for opportunities to attack us. We know that's the truth because think about Luke chapter 4, verse 13. We'll remember this one. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. You remember that? When Jesus was in the wilderness, it says, Luke 4, 13, that the enemy is looking for opportunities. How about this one? 1 Peter 5 and 8. Uh, your adversary, the devil, it's the word of God, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, right? We know that the enemy is looking for an opportunity to attack. He's looking for an opportunity to devour. He's looking for an opportunity to take over, right? But what does the psalm promise us is that the enemy will be given no opportunity. Evil shall have no opportunity to come against us. As I was reading this portion of Psalm 91, I began to remember a 12-step program that I was a part of before I met Jesus. And I'll say before Jesus found me. I know a lot of people say, uh, I found God. But the truth is, it was never God who was lost, right? And so when I was lost, when I was far from God, I was a part of a 12-step program. And I think they help a lot of people. And I was a part of uh, one of those for drug and alcohol in-house treatment. I was very lost, very far from the Lord when he found me. Most of you guys know my testimony. But I, I, I was taught a key in that season that I carry around in my pocket today, so to speak, which is the acronym HALT, you know, like HALT, like stop, H-A-L-T. And we learned this acronym because it stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, right? Okay, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, HALT, right? We were taught in the 12-step program that if we were one of these four, there was an opportunity for us to relapse. And I think it's very similar uh, on this side of the cross for me. I find that when I struggle most with temptation or I'm most tempted to sin or to move backwards in my walk with God, I'm in one of four of those states, right? I'm either hungry. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about because some of you guys, you get hangry all right, and you say things you don't mean and do things you don't want to do to people you really love. Yep, I know right now some of you husbands are like nudging your wife in the ribs on the couch. Hungry, right? Angry, we get angry. We sort of, we sort of black out in a sense and say things we don't mean. We get lonely, so we get tempted, right? We're lonely. We're all by ourselves. Uh, we, don't, we don't think anybody sees us. We don't feel connected to other people. We don't feel the warmth of connection. So we start trying to meet our own needs, right? Or tired. How about tired? When you're fatigued. I mean, this tells me, and every now and then, this is what I believe, guys, okay? So just take this pastoral advice. Every now and then, some of the greatest spiritual warfare that you can engage in is for, for you to go get some comfort food and take a nap. <laughs> 
all right, that some of you guys need permission today. You just make you some chicken nuggets and take a Sunday afternoon nap, all right? Sometimes that deals a death blow to all the warfare that's going on in my life. Just get some rest, okay? So can you remember that? Halt, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. These are the states of being that we tend to find ourselves in when we are the most tempted. And these are the states of being. Trust me, the enemy, Satan, he is a student and has been for thousands of years on human behavior. Right? He has watched humans interact with one another for thousands of years. He knows our most vulnerable states, and they are when we're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, and maybe one for you. You can fill in the blank. But the enemy is constantly looking for us to be in one of these vulnerable states so that he can offer us temptation. And so when we're, when we're in states like these, we are susceptible uh, to an attack. And so Satan sees the opportunity. But here's the thing, guys. Even when we are in our most vulnerable states, even when we're most susceptible to temptation, God is with us, right? We know that. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's right there with us. And even when, when, even when we're in these vulnerable uh, states, our focus has to be upon Him. We have to choose to stay in that place of prayer and acknowledging His presence. Because when we're not choosing that, when, when we're in those vulnerable states, that's when we do become susceptible to temptation. But by choosing that, then we receive that protection once again, right, church? We receive that covering once again. And so instead of dwelling in his presence, I think the enemy works by trying to get us distracted. Instead of dwelling, he tries to get us distracted, so to speak. You guys get what I'm saying today. And I hear people say all the time, like, well, the devil's in the details. But truly, I think it's more like the devil's in the distractions. If he can distract you, get you in a vulnerable state, that is the opportunity that he's looking for. And that's what verse 10 is really teaching us here, is that no evil shall be allowed to befall you, right? No evil shall be allowed to take any good opportunity to attack you. No evil shall be allowed to attack you in your most vulnerable state. So long as we choose to remain prayerful, we choose to focus on the presence of God, we choose to acknowledge the, the person of Jesus around us, and as a result, we are protected from the enemy, and the enemy is given no opportunity to lay hands on us at all, not to touch us. So if you find yourself today in a vulnerable state, and I know a lot of people are, because a lot of chaos going on in the world right now. But if you find yourself hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, hey, listen, you, you're probably getting enough sleep right now, I would guess, unless you're a parent. But lonely, right now, man, we have to declare war on isolation. That's what, look, I know we can't be with each other in church, but by tuning in church online, tuning into the IG Live, the prayer in the morning, 8 a.m., you got to be there, okay, on Tuesday through Friday. Like all of these things, we are engaging and we're saying, enemy, you will have no opportunity to befall me. I'm going to choose to stay prayerful. I'm going to choose to stay in the Word. I'm going to choose to stay in my Bible reading plan. I'm going to choose to acknowledge the presence of God in my home as I'm here in quarantine. Because the enemy is going to have no opportunity. I'm not going to slip up in the midst of temptation. I'm going to constantly acknowledge that presence. You know why? Because I'm a presence person. You know why? Because I'm a dweller. I don't just visit the presence of God on Sunday when church is in session. I dwell in the presence of God. I can go to the supermarket. I take the presence of God with me. I go to my job. I can work remotely. I take the presence of God with me because we are dwellers. 
We're presence people. And as a result of that, guys, there is no opportunity of the enemy to come against you with. So look at the next line. And we, we, we've talked about this several times. It says, no plague, no plague near your tent. I love the consistent reminders that we shall be kept safe from plagues. But what is our tent? Our tent is our home. Our, it, it's, it's our personal sacred sanctuary. And the good news here, guys, is that God actually says to us, if we will uh, come under his presence as our protection, not only will we be kept safe from plagues, but our homes will be kept safe from plagues. Our possessions will be kept safe from plagues. And guess what? Everybody who dwells underneath our roof will be kept safe from plagues. That includes your children. That includes your grandchildren. That includes your pets. That includes everything that you love and care about that you're bringing in close right now. God guarantees that it will be kept safe from plague. So long as we continue to choose his presence as our protection. Now here's the last part of Psalm 91. And I, I think you're really going to like this. I really like this because we are moving in a, in a, in a really glorious direction supernaturally. Because just for a moment, we're going to talk about angels. Okay, because Psalm 91 tells us that he has, that's God, that's Yahweh. He is the commander of the angel armies, right? That's one of his names. For he will command his angels concerning you. Everybody say, concerning me. Did you know? Yes, you, all right. Did you know that God has personally commissioned angels to protect you, to cover you, to guard you. Uh, they're on assignment to walk with you through this life. I think some of you guys know that, but you need to be reminded that there are angels. Wherever you are right now watching this, there are angels there. God has sent them and they are there for you. There are few promises in scripture that are more glorious than something like this. That the messengers of fire, that's what the Bible calls angels, are guarding me and protecting me right now. That's pretty incredible. That is amazing to think. You have a guardian angel. I, I, I know when you're kids, you get told these things, you grow up, you think, oh, you know, uh, that's just something we, we say to children to comfort them at night. No, it is true. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a fantasy. You have guardian angels, plural. It didn't just say he's given one angel. He said angels, his angels uh, concerning you. There are angels that have been assigned to your life to protect you. For what reason? To guard you in all of your ways. In all of your ways. Doesn't matter if you're at your house, if you're out of your house, if you're on the job, if you're in school, if you're at church, doesn't matter. The angelic covering, the angelic protection that God has assigned to your life does not get removed despite what you do or where you go. Angels are not just with you when you're doing something spiritual. Remember this. Angels are not only with you when you're praying. Angels are not just around you when you're reading the Bible. Angels are not just with you when you're talking about God to a friend. Angels are with you consistently. They are surrounding you. They are guarding you. Verse 12, last, last verse of scripture. It says, on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. I, I'm, I'm very positive 
that you know this verse of Scripture because it's involved in the temptations of Jesus Christ. We know that Satan took Jesus up on the pinnacle, the peak of the temple. And he said, hey, if you really are the son, right? He was going after his identity, right? If you really are a son, even though Jesus had just heard the father say, you are my beloved son at his baptism. Notice in all three temptations, Satan is coming after Jesus's identity, all right? He did it to Jesus and he's doing it to you. And oftentimes what he uses to tempt us in our identity is that he uses scripture, right? I know this is a, this is a shock and kind of a tough reality, but for some of us, for many of us, perhaps for most of us, Satan knows the Bible better than we do. And we cannot allow our enemy to use our weapon against us. Sure though, he tries, which is what he tried with Jesus whenever he actually quoted Psalm 91, verse 12, the verse that we're talking about, right? The enemy quoted this to the Son of God, Jesus. He said, go ahead, throw yourself up, because you know you have angels and everything. They're going to bear you up. You won't strike your foot uh, against a stone. And uh, what did Jesus say? Jesus rebukes Satan, right? He's got, get behind me, get out of here, don't tempt me. He rebukes the enemy, and this is how Jesus responds. But there, something, something that uh, I heard Chris Valentin say one time, and this is, this is kind of a crazy thing to say, but I remember one time Chris Valentin was talking, he said, you know, the Bible is not always true. I heard him say that, and the whole room fell quiet, right? Because you hear a preacher say, you know, the Bible is not always true. It's a crazy thing to say. Uh, but it created a beautiful tension in the room. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. And I was like, what's he going to say, right? The Bible's not always true. He said, the Bible is not always true in the hands of the enemy, right? Because uh, the religious spirit distorts and deceives through scripture, through truth with the wrong motive. And so the enemy does this same thing with us. So it's so important for us, church, to know our scripture, to know our word, to know God's truth so that we know when the enemy's actually using our own weaponry against us which is what Jesus acknowledged. So we're knowledgeable of the word. We have revelation of the word. We, we are skilled in how to wield our sword. We're skilled in how to wield Psalm 91. We know how to use this against the enemy. And so we become well-versed in the word and we know what the Bible has to say about us. Therefore, we accurately deploy it. Notice our, our battles are not won by fighting in fear, but by prayerfully declaring God's truth while resting in God's presence. And that's what we do. We take the word of God and we declare it. So here's the thing. We're, we're going to do an activation prayer today uh, before we pray and before we finish. But hey, if, if you were, I, I've used this analogy before, but if you, were in, if you were in war, if you're in battle, and the only weapon, the only weapon that you had to guard yourself from your enemy was a sword, how many of you would let that sword rest on your mantle and collect dust throughout the week? If your very life depended upon your ability to wield your weapon, how many of you would in, encase it in a bookshelf and leave it there to become rusty? No, you wouldn't. If you knew that your life depended upon your ability to wield your weapon, you would get out uh, outside. You would, you would clean that thing. You'd move it around so you'd have some muscle memory, right, at how to wield it. It's a shame how many believers don't understand how to wield the sword, and so the sword is being wielded against them. 
That's why we're doing this Bible study, church, so that we might understand how to wield the sword, so that we might acknowledge the truth, that angels are guarding us, so that we might deploy truth when the enemy says, you're going to get sick, and we say, no plague is going to come against me. No plague is going to come against my home. No plague is going to come against my possessions. No plague is going to come against my money. No plague is going to come against my kids. I know the truth, devil. Sit down and shut up, right? That's how I talk to the devil. I don't know if you guys do or not. But that's, what ha that's what's happening. That's what Psalm 91 teaches us. The enemy has no opportunity. Why? Go back to the first verse we studied. Because. Somebody shout again. Because. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. All right. Time for the activation prayer. So just put your hand on your heart. And we are going to pray this all together aloud. God, I trust you. I acknowledge your presence enveloping me now. I feel your comfort and I receive your safety. I thank you for your protection. I choose to dwell in your presence. As Psalm 91.9 says, As a result, I receive every benefit that you've promised. I believe and declare the enemy no longer has any opportunity to attack me as I am hidden in your presence, just as Psalm 91.10 says. I believe and declare I am safe. My family is safe. My home is safe and my possessions are safe from any and all plagues as Psalm 91.11 says. I believe and declare I have heavenly angels directed by God working on my behalf as Psalm 91.12 says. I receive all the help and all the protection that my angels provide. Now just for fun, let's say this. Satan, the Lord rebukes you. I like that. You have no operational power in my life. I am covered by the blood of Jesus and I belong to him. Amen. Amen, church. Before you go and before we pray, take an action plan with you. Here's a little homework. Action plan point one. As you pray this week, be sure to begin by coming to rest in God's presence. Don't forget that, please. Acknowledge His nearness. Remember, you're not praying simply to ask for things. You're praying to dwell in the presence of God. That's where your protection is. Point two, remember halt, all right? Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Anytime you find yourself in a vulnerable state, stop and realign your focus on God. When you're, pray when you're prayerfully focused on Him, the enemy has no opportunity to derail you. Uh, number three, more importantly, remember God's angels. He has surely provided you heavenly protection. Thank him for your angels often and ask that he help you become more aware of their presence. Fourth and final one, read, read Psalm 91 through several more times. Read it loud and proud. Stop anytime you are struck by God's truth and powerfully declare his promises over your life. Now, I, I think I've gone just a few minutes more than I have done in the last couple of weeks. But as I was getting feedback from you guys, uh, I, know, I know you guys, our, our church is, is so full of energy and vibrant in life. And we, we love to go deep. We, we love to go all the way in. That's just what kind of church that we're in. Uh, so before we close today, would you help me pray? Just pray an all-in prayer. We're, 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 we, don't, we don't like the plague. We, don't, we, we can't stand. We hate COVID-19. I believe that the, that the Lord does as well. But I do know that he's used plagues in the past to deliver his people from slavery. I'm thinking about Egypt, Pharaoh. I used the plagues, right? And uh, I'm believing that through this plague that is happening, 
that God is doing something divine to get all of the glory out of everything that we experience, to turn around what the enemy meant for evil for our good. So right now, I pray for you and I bless you. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. God sees you. God is with you. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage would go forth into people's homes, the houses of those who are a part of this family and beyond, and that you would break chains, Lord. I pray and declare you're breaking chains this Sunday. You're breaking chains of loneliness. You're breaking chains of isolation. You're breaking chains of disconnection. You're breaking chains of the spirit of infirmity, uh, disease, everything that the enemy has planned uh, to befall the people of God. Lord, we rip up the assignment right now. We reverse all of his effects. We reverse the curse many times over. Lord, we thank you that he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And so we say today, Lord, we are dwellers of your presence. We are presence people. We will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We will take our shelter in your house, God. We take our shelter here today. So we just come up under that covering of a good father right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. You're worthy of all praise. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. Have an amazing Sunday. We're going to have uh, the replay service up, of course. And we hope that you'll join us on Instagram. I cannot wait to see you guys again soon. Blessings. Love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.